What's up, folks? We got some news for you. We're trying to raise money to shoot a short film that will star us that I will get a chance to direct. But we need everybody to head over to Indiegogo. You can just search BMCJ. You can research, you know, wherever you go on the film page. You can search donate. Jonathan Braylock if you want. Well, you, I mean, yeah, I guess you could search Jonathan Braylock. You can search but, James yeah. the Third. I mean, yeah, well, you could. Oh, that might yes. be harder. No, no, we make both a movie, of you, baby. Both of y'all on that. Anyway, go to Indiegogo. Look up uh, Black Men Can't Jump. You can look up the name of the short, which is The Threshold, and you can donate whatever you have. It doesn't matter if it's a dollar, two dollars, um, Whatever you do, we'll take it. $20,000 if you're just sitting around on $20,000. Honestly, if you got $20,000, just get that. And there's a lot of neat incentives. Like, there's a pair of, like, um, James's glasses you could win. There's a piece <laughs> of, a like, Braylock's goatee. There's so many cool things no, that, like, yeah, it's, it's on there. It's an incentive. It's so much, like guys. That. My glasses if are you, not on there. If you I need ever them to wanted see. to be James Third, I got his Cat Williams wig. He don't even know it yet. You can have that. It's so much on there. You cannot have that. I need it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's on there. If you want the wig, go there. Put in like $500. You get that wig. That's your wig. Wow. <laughs> Please, whatever you can donate, that that will help us make uh, this short. That will be really fun. Uh, it's something that we've been wanting to make for quite some time now. So, Thank You know you. what? One of my Cat Williams wigs is on there now. It's on there now. You actually can't win it. James, low-key, I stole one of your hats and one of your wigs already, so it's, it's been there. I've been had it. <laughs> and the link is in the show notes, so you can easily find it. All right, let's Indiegogo. Forever. Dog. Have y'all ever been in prison or jail? No. No. <laughs> you know we haven't. Yeah, no. No, we haven't. But we all been thugs on TV shows. Y'all been arrested and put in like a TV jail? Okay. Well, so we shot Last OG at a real place. <laughs> Prison? Prison? Yeah. Prison? At a real... I was like thinking of like terms. I was like, detention center? Like the place where you go? <laughs> I was like... I believe it was also functioning because you had to do like the... All of the like steps to like, you know, so the security was like in stages. Mm. So yes, I have been but but just to do that <laughs> i mean yeah i've been I've, I've been in some tv jails twice in my life they all feel cold i've been inside of a police station once because somebody was like filling out a report and i like kind of accompanied them in there and then another time because i was in a car with someone who was there's really no other way to say this drunk driving <laughs> Oh no! There's no other way to say what they were doing. <laughs> oh no! Well, I mean, they were. I mean, <laughs> and then I was the only person in the car who had it, who didn't drink, and so I like drove their car to the police station, and they like got the ticket, and then but then I guess they were allowed to not. They weren't arrested. Oh, because you you got pulled over, so you had to drive the car, and yeah. they had to be like taken. Yeah. And oh. I had to do a, I had to do a whole test. I had to do the whole. Like walking a straight line. Thing. Bray, why didn't you? Why weren't you behind the wheel in the first place? Like, why? I didn't. I didn't. What? I didn't really know. I didn't really know that oh, they okay. were like. I knew that they were because we were at a we were at like a football game. Uh, they were drinking at the game. Yeah, 
Right. Yeah, right. yeah, I get that. It was one of those things where, like, they left and it was like, are you good? And they were like, I'm good. And they got pulled over because he was going too fast on the on a, like, he was, like, coming around a turn, like, getting out of the stadium, you know, and he was, like, going too fast. And then he got pulled over. And then the guy was, you know, and now that I think about it, they probably do that a lot. They probably yeah. just catch people <laughs> and, tr- and brothelize them because they know people are drinking at the game. That it's an easy ticket. You know yeah. what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So here's the thing. The craziest part about that story was the car was manual and Ooh. I didn't know how to drive stick. And so I literally got like a lesson from somebody else in the ca- car like really quickly on how to drive. It was wait, I, like it, it was yeah, it was truly stir crazy. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> you, you know, no, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like it was like I didn't know how to drive stick, and literally the Don't cop was like, "All right, just, it again." You know, get follow us to the police station, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then they were like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "No, no, I got it. Just give us a second. And then the the cop left, and then we like pulled into a part. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it was freaking stir crazy. See, now I don't even know how much of that any of that story you, was true. Like now it just feels no, like it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. I know it sounds like a stir crazy story. <laughs> Fear. I'm hey, what was your question, Jerome? <laughs> I was going to engage you. Oh. in a conversation to learn more about you. Oh, okay. And then instead of... That's fun. Instead of letting me do that, you just did a whole... I was invested in your life, Bray. Yeah, you liked my, you know, stir-crazy story. Sorry, I, I guess you just liked it because it was stir-crazy. Stop this! <laughs> you said stir-crazy five times. Oh, Stop, we, you got it. I'm sorry I'm making you stir-crazy. Oh my God. Let's start the show! <laughs> Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Jesus, you cooked half my stash. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I thought you was going to do the, man, you better get tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make it bad. <laughs> we bad, Jack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> better get bad. Yeah, we bad, Jack. <laughs> I yeah. loved that yeah. whole sequence. I was so mad oh. that that made me laugh as hard as <laughs> You're too bad, ain't you? You're too bad. <laughs> oh, God. That whole series of wow. scenes was my favorite part of the movie. Is that? <laughs> You're too bad. This bit that we've seen a million times. <laughs> but we've probably seen it from, from them. This, you know what yeah. We've probably seen it from them. Better get bad. Uh, too bad. Too Better get bad. <laughs> yeah, we bad. We come on bad. But <laughs> for those of you who are listening for the first time and you welcome, hear welcome. the sound oh, here he go. of a voice that he is oh my goodness. one that would oh. never, you know, be put into prison unless what? it was for just a wrongful conviction. Well, that's the voice of Jonathan Braylock. 
So wait, so how do we? How do I go after this? Like, does, does that mean the rest of our voices sound like prison? So we, like, if I say my James, I'm not talking to Bray right now. I'm not even gonna look at him. If I say my name, does that mean I sound like a criminal? There, there is something so wrong about being like this voice would never. By the voice, the confidence, alone. the confidence. I'm not. I'm just talking about the sound of the voice. I'm not talking about the quality, you know, the character of anybody else on the show. Okay. I'm just talking All about, right. you know. Okay. So, so this this voice of a of a human is that of Gerard Milligan, you know? Yeah, and this voice. Yeah. <laughs> that's not like that's not like a criminal. A, that nigga's in jail. <laughs> that, that voice. That voice is phoning in right now. Yeah, that's who that voice is. Yeah, is James the third. Was that a little Will Smith or what was happening? What it was a little Will Smith. I was like still trying to do the I'm bad, I'm bad, Jack. Uh, oh yeah, voice, okay, got you. But it was it dipped in the. <laughs> it was a little, you know, <laughs> sure, you know. Stop about. this. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. This is madness. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta. Oh, sorry. What we are a film review podcast. We yeah. review the films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood, okay? And today, we are reviewing, I believe this is a fact, which is insane, because we've been on the air for six plus years, our first ever Richard Pryor film. You don't have to say all that. Wait, no. For the, for, yes. So Bray said that about a week ago, and I have been screaming in, in our group chat, like, what about this movie? And we ha- so far, we've done none of these movies. I felt the same way. I was like, no, surely we've done this film. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and no, the answer was no. I don't know how this wow. happened. Oh, wow. I don't know why nobody, oh, wow. why it took six years for somebody to call us out on it. But here we are, Stir Crazy, starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. They did a few films together. They, they, it's a good duo. It's just a good duo. Yeah. yeah. Were they friends in real life? That's a great question. I don't know. Do we know? Like, were they, were they like, cool? They must have. How many movies? Four? Five? How many movies did they do? That's so cool. You got to be friends with somebody yeah. after that. I mean, I guess not. I guess not necessarily, but... <laughs> That's very true. You could be like, we got to just make this money and move on. You know what I mean? I think this was their most successful film. It had a budget of $10 million. It wound up making $101 million. Hell yeah. Wait, 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 wait. This movie made a hundred million dollars. One hundred one yeah. million dollars in nineteen eighty, off a ten million dollar. No. Yeah. 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 That's so much money. Make yeah. that money. This movie made a hundred million dollars. A comedy in the eighties. Yeah. It was the third highest grossing movie of that year, behind Empire Strikes Back and Nine to Five, the Dolly Parton film. Oh damn! That's what's up. Wow. Man, okay, nineteen eighty. Wow. And it was directed. By Sidney Portier. Right. Wow. Wikipedia has it as the first film by a black director to make $100 million. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, Sidney. Rest in peace, brother. I, I am a truly amazed. I didn't, I did not, I did not think this movie made $100 million. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. In 1980. Directed by a black. Come on, man. Give us the keys to the city. Give us the keys to the city. <laughs> this film is about two friends who live in New York City, but they're kind of they're tired of it. They're tired of the hustle and bustle. They want to go out west to California to La La Land 
take a road trip out there, you know, get a new lease on life. But along the way, they get wrongfully accused and arrested of bank robbery and then have to go to jail where they go. Stir crazy. Stir crazy. All right. (laughs) Oh, we've done the whiz. We've done the whiz. Oh, thank God. Phew. I mean, yeah, but that's a stretch. But he that, in I it, like that's I'm sorry. If, we, if okay. we had done no movie with Richard Pryor at all, I would have been okay. furious. We've done the whiz. <laughs> yeah. I would have been furious if we did none at all. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Oh, all right. I get that. I get that. Okay. I get that. First Richard Pryor film where he's a lead. A lead. Yes, of course. And this movie... Has a 67% Rotten Tomatoes, 75% audience score. All right, shall we do initial thoughts? We have to. I'll start because I'm about to say something blasphemous. I haven't seen any of their duo movies. This is the first one I had ever saw, and I saw it for this podcast today. I loved it. I thought it was so fun. I mean, I know it's a 1980s movie, and it has all the 1980s stuff about it that like, when you're looking at it from a 2022 lens, you're like, well, I don't know if this is... You know, I don't know if he can be wiping his lips like that after that man kissed him. I don't know if he can be doing that. But, you know, I like like I said, laughed out loud during the I just thought that's that sequence in the jail was so funny. And like and when they are like dealing with like the dudes being scared that they're going to be punched out while they're in that that whole sequence and the lighting the match on the dude's chest. <laughs> that whole that whole thing that was that was so funny. I t- I told y'all while while I was watching it that I was like I was losing track of like how things were happening. Things were happening so fast even though the beginning of this movie I think is is pretty slow, but things were happening so like they would just be like uh yeah, we're going to we're we're about to go to we're going to work at this bank and where these thing I like I still don't know. I rewound it. I still don't know where the bank <laughs> came from. I don't know how they got to the bank. I, I don't know. He just because it, it's one line. He goes, "I got us a job," and he is like, "It's in passing." He yeah, just says, "Like I, I got us a job at the bank." It's in banking, and he's like, "I don't know anything about banking." He's like, "No, no, no, it's not that." Exactly. Well, he just basically promote. He 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 said he went to this bank and said, "Hey, you know, I got an idea, you know, to help promote your bank." Okay. Yeah. Proposed an idea for them, and they said, "Sure." Okay. All right. You know. And that was the job. The job was for them to dress up as chickens and do a dance inside of the bank. <laughs> and apparently that drew more customers to the bank. <laughs> so they got knowing that somebody's doing a, a you know, a, what, what were they called? Uh, woodpecker, woodpecker dance inside them. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I I I feel like I get why this movie made all the the money that it did. Like we're going to see you're going to see Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder like they're being silly for for 2 hours. That's exactly what you get. You know, there's all kind there's there's bits on bits on bits in this. The rodeo thing is like insane. Like I don't know, is that a thing? Like I'm going to say I I get that there are things that are like weird about it watching it now and I'm sure we will talk about them. But like, I, I don't know. The movie was like, was fun. Jo- when Joe Beth Williams shows up, I was just like, okay, thank you. <laughs> just give me more, more scenes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'll say. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I'll go. I don't like this movie, <laughs> but I get it. But I get it. Like the thing is like, I get it. And the thing is watching it. I was like, I understand exactly what they're going for and stuff like that. I just think 
it's hard for me to have the, the suspension of disbelief. Like, it, it is a good movie. I don't think I liked it. I don't like that it feels... Willy Wonka's one of my favorite movies. I don't like that Gene Wilder's the lead, and he is so much the lead that at one point I was counting. I was like, yo, when does Richard Pryor come back? I don't like that he gets the girl in the end. I don't like that the big crush... Of the, you know what it is? This is my problem with it. The movie, and I think it was the point. I, I, I do know, and I, I, I do think we'll probably have a good discussion about this movie. And I think Sydney would be okay with it because I do think it was the point. I just don't think the script followed through with it. I think they're definitely talking about justice system, but I think it's talking about this type of white man as well. Like throughout this whole movie, I'm looking at this super naive white dude, get this black dude into situation after situation. And to be truthfully honest, he doesn't truly acknowledge it until like he has his one freak out when he realizes he's in jail. But like he he doesn't listen to Richard for most of the movie. It's like he puts Richard in all these bad positions. He there is a famous, I don't know if you guys watch comedians and cars getting coffee. There's an episode with yeah. Seinfeld and Chris Rock. And Chris Rock legit has a freak out moment. Like you could tell it's like the, the, like uh Seinfeld is speeding and Chris Rock's not cool. And Seinfeld doesn't get it. Like he does not get it. And that's what this whole movie felt like. He's like, we're famous. Yeah, he's like, I am. The fact that Chris Rock, a rich black man, had to explain this to Seinfeld. And again, <laughs> Seinfeld was very open to it, but it's like, that's what this movie felt like. I'm watching and I'm waiting for this white dude to understand like what the world is like for like Richard or even a Latino dude. And he doesn't, not only does he not, everything works out for him. Everything he does, he's great. Like he does not get his ass beat <laughs> by a cop when he jumped on their back. Like he jumps on his nigga back. They're talking about something. No, no, turn around. Bruh, I get, I, I get pulled over. I don't say shit. Okay. <laughs> he points his finger in this dude's face. Y'all niggas ain't gonna let no random person point a finger in your face. And I'm a cop. Fuck out of here. Then he puts him in the hole. The white boy liked the hole. That shit's fun. He gets on a little horse thing. This nigga's miraculous at riding the horse. I'm like, I'm watching this white dude. This is the white man dream. He's good. He goes to jail. He has a black funny sidekick. He goes to jail. He becomes the best nigga in jail. He got friends. Like, he literally comes out of jail with a girlfriend who comes out of nowhere. Literally, he's like, oh, this is my cousin who's not really my cousin. She explains it. And then she literally runs <laughs> after this nigga and is like, he's like, I thought, I thought you would never ask. And you know who's driving the car? It's the black dude who didn't want to go on this fucking trip the entire time. The whole time this nigga's like, I'm good. He also started the movie as a, as a servant. <laughs> Big <Nigga. laughs> Bruh, okay, here's my last part because Breaking Go. At one point, the black dude is like, hey, man, you never introduced me to her. Oh, she's not for you. Who is you? Nigga, she's single? You telling me this black man can't talk to this beautiful Asian woman? Why? Why? But this nigga can have every chick talk to him, put the black dude in situations, and then he gets the girl? He gets the kiss. And the black dude who literally was a waiter is now chauffeuring these two white people to the promised land. He promised him titties. He got no titties. Come on, nigga. Come on. I'm never, just so y'all know, if y'all were single, I'm never promising y'all something to just to bring a girl for me, for y'all to drive me off into the desert as a chauffeur in a Cadillac. <laughs> nigga. Bray, go ahead, brother. I mean, go ahead. But, woo!
I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course. You know, so 80s comedies, what you can expect from them is for them to be racist and sexist and homophobic. Like, that's a given. Like, all those jokes will be in there. But yeah, I mean, exactly to Gerard's point, like, Richard Pryor, like, through the lens of our podcast, you know, this movie kind of sucks. I think for me, it's like, was it watchable? Sure. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor are both just, like, great comedic actors, and so, like, they make it work. The script is, like bizarre and nothing really you know it doesn't really make (laughs) any sense i don't even know what the point was like i don't even know if it's necessarily trying to say anything and it's funny but it's like it's interesting because i actually think that's i feel like sydney and maybe i don't know maybe who, who knows what the actual creative process was it feels like to me like sydney put some meaning into this that wasn't really there you know what i mean I don't think this script really had... Let's see. It was written by... Well, it was written by some dude named Bruce J. Friedman. What else did he write? He wrote Splash. Okay. Kind of the only other film that I I know. Yeah. This movie wasn't really saying much about the prison system, but but like I felt like... Like, for instance, that scene with where the dude was like singing and they're all like kind of like in the jail cell and he was singing. I was like, that feels like a something that Sydney kind of incorporated in like... You know, we were like kind of seeing like the real like, hey, this is no joke. Like the way that prisoners are treated are it's kind of it's messed up, you know. And the reality is that like the vast majority of people in prison are people of color like they or they get convicted at a rate that's crazy higher to white people. It's like so those kinds of realities like especially in a 2022 lens, you can't, it's hard to not see that. I think, like, it was fun because Richard Pryor, like, well, I don't know. I, I, don't, I have nothing else to say in my initial thoughts. Let's just, like, get into it, right? Because, <laughs> I don't know, like, you said everything. It's, like, it's so real. But it's, like, he his story kind of tampers off. He, he doesn't really have a purpose. He, like, Gene Wilder doesn't seem to learn anything. Their friendship doesn't seem to go anywhere. You know, there's not even, like, like a falling out between them. Like, the like dark night of the soul moment is really just for Gene Wilder. Really, kind of, I mean, it's, I guess it's like in like it, it also Richard Pryor a little bit, but like it's focused on him. So it's like <laughs> it's weird because Richard Pryor knows everything. Like you know, low key. Okay, <laughs> I. I think I'm having issues with like some of these comedies that use blackness as a scapegoat to like educate white folk. And I don't think it's do- they're doing a good job. And it's tough because Sydney put a directed this and I'm not sure, you know, him being the first black director to make over a hundred million. I'm not sure truly how much say he has. I do think this was a studio film, but when we open it. It makes you think that the story is about Richard Pryor. Like we open on Richard and, for me, I thought what was going to happen is like, you know, Richard Pryor is this guy who probably has a job he doesn't like. But over the course of this movie, he's going he's going to overcome and like do the thing, you know. So that's what I came into it. Like in the opening scene was funny as hell. Like them putting the weed in the food and going back and, you know, everybody like high as hell. Like you get his famous comedy run for a little bit. Like I was like, great, you know. And then, you know, you get Gene 
Gene hitting on the girl. First off, the fact that he got... Also, I couldn't tell, was he good at his job? Because I'm like, was he wrong? Like, did the, was the girl stealing? Like, how'd he get fired? There's literally no explanation like, for it. Yeah, I was like, all right. <laughs> I also don't understand. I, I don't... I, I guess outside of trying to set the tone of what the city is, it felt like we were following a woman who was inconsequential to the story and it was weird was it not the same was it the same yeah, woman i think it was okay. two different women no it was a different woman so it was one woman who couldn't get the cab then another woman who got her heel stuck but then oh so that was a di- that that was a different woman did the guy grab her or something like why did she hit him yeah that was a different woman yeah got it i thought it was the same woman because they're both they both look the same but why but why did she hit the dude like she hit the dude because she hit him because he was getting getting fresh or whatever, you know. Like, oh, gotcha, I don't need gotcha, your help. Gotcha, Get off gotcha, of me! Gotcha, stop! Gotcha, gotcha. Stop! Stop rubbing my leg! <laughs> oh, he's rubbing her legs. I, like, I think I looked away and then. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was not rubbing her leg. He wasn't trying to. It's just that he was trying to like. Gr- he was trying to get a firmer grip to help her get out. And in oh. that process, he kind of like it, like could feel like a grope, like a feeling her up, and so she like s- smacked him. And I think it was that was all just showing like the city is like mean and everyone's fighting each other or whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. I honestly feel like the script is just the script is just not good. Like it's just not good at all. Like in reality, everything is the only thing like it's like the two actors and the directing is the only thing that's making this movie because like the script is 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 nonsensical. <laughs> you know what it is? Even hearing you say that, Bray, look, I'm gonna let everybody know right now. I'm about to rip into this movie. Okay. I I usually try to say like I'm not going to, but I'm like, hearing Bray say that, I almost get offended because if sometimes you hear movies like, you know, I, I watched the behind the scenes of Martin talking about how bad boys came about, and Will Smith talks about it in the book. Like it was a script, it was written for two white dudes. Like, they came on, they made it better, but, like, it was a movie no one really wanted to make, so, like, the studio could risk doing a cheapy movie with, like, a commercial director and these two black dudes on TV, the two biggest shows on TV. And I think about this movie, where the script is very average and mediocre, but, like, you had probably the most award, or at least probably the most prestigious black man directing it, along with probably one of the biggest comedians of all time, at the time, in this movie, but they were given a mediocre script, and not only that, but the lead of the movie they got a chance to make, the white dude is the lead. My thing is, you could have easily flipped it. Like, why couldn't you just flip it? Or just write a better story for the other character, like, make it an actual duo, like... You would need, you would need to write a diff... The script would need to be different. Like, I don't, I don't think you can easily flip it, right? Because of how naive... Gene Wilder character, it you know, and how the like if if you flip it, it's like why is this black dude so dumb? Like why is he so <laughs> why is he so stupid? But you know, then 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 it starts you start bagging other questions. Yeah, it would, it would need to be a different movie. That's all. So this movie starts with that stuff that we're talking about, and then it's like, and then we see Richard Pryor. He's a essentially a house servant butler whatever you want to call it in some rich you know i'm sure like upper east side apartment and or townhouse or whatever and it's like this whole bit where everybody loves the food they love the salad they keep complimenting you know compliments to the chef compliments to the chef 
He goes back into the kitchen and the cook is like, all right, pass me that oregano. And she passes it to her. She's like, wait, what was this? This is not oregano. And she sm- she's like, what? And then Richard Pryor's like, oh, that's my stash. And we get the line where James has. And, you know, again, like, it's like kind of funny. Anyway, but what makes it funny is just Richard Pryor <laughs> just being in it. <laughs> Him, him going off on like this is the, there was a revolution in the sixties. We missed the revolution because we was <laughs> everybody was asleep. So how for this? <laughs> that whole he just goes on a tirade in the back explaining and it's so clear the importance that he's of this. improvising because the other two actors are just like have to stay there and like be in like remain in the scene while he's just going off. <laughs> Did any I, again? I thought this movie was going to be a lot of that because I will admit, like the Richard Pryor movies I've seen. Okay, before uh, people are gonna make fun. I've seen Superman when he's in that, and I've seen Harlem yeah. Nights. And like in that, I get to see like those are two different eras of him. So in this, I'm like, oh, this is the height of him. I'm thinking it's gonna be like Richard Pryor runs throughout the movie, but it felt like he was. I personally felt like this movie stifled his comedy, like throughout. Like he may have got a run here and there, but this movie was two hours. Like, well, that was my thing is that this movie, the first. I'll say maybe 30 minutes of it felt balanced. It felt like a a buddy film, you know? And it was like the two of them, and even though even though it was clear that like Gene Wilder had the main motivation because he was the one who wanted to do it and like convinced Richard Pryor to go, it was like the their dynamic of like this guy's super naive, this guy is smart, but also like, you know like kind of uh, a coward in a way or i don't know how you describe him but like so it was funny like hey let's go man like you know what are you doing oh, come on what are you doing that kind of stuff but then once they get into jail they literally just they're like all right we don't need to tell a richard Pryor's story like his his he just it just stops it like it ceases to exist and even their friendship kind of ceases to be a real thing which is so weird they they needed to have him in those scenes with Joe Beth and the, and the lawyer so that he can be like because he's not going to be really doing his shtick. He's not really going to be doing his shtick in prison in front of the cop. Like he's he's like not trying to cause trouble in those scenarios. Right. He doesn't want to go in the hole. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. But if they would have had if they would have figured out how figured out how I don't know if it would have made sense for the lawyer to be talking to both of them. But at the same time, but if they would have put him in those scenes to have him like riffing off of like, you really trying to flirt with the, with this lady while we're trying to do like having him doing all of that stuff. I feel like that would have imp- improved it a lot. Just some agency. He in jail, too. He in jail, too. It's like. It, <sighs> literally, at one point, we watched the movie get handed over to Gene Wilder, and it happens to me. When they go, and we, of course, I'm skipping ahead, but we can go back. But it happens when they go into the warden's office and they tell Richard Pryor, I mean, Gene Wilder to ride the bull. We literally see at that point the tension shift from Richard doing a bit about like trying to like smooth things over to we physically are watching Gene Wilder. And then all of a sudden you see Richard Pryor, yeah, yeah, like we're watching, we're watching everything revert to this white dude. And after that, the movie is just about this white dude. Like, just the thing is, yo. The thing is, I love Willy Wonka, okay? It's fantastic. But Richard Pryor, at this point, I even had to Google it, at this point, was the biggest stand-up in the United States. At this point, in 1980, he was in, he was in it. 
And it's like, you telling me that this nigga doesn't deserve to be the lead of this movie? Here's the thing, and this is a thing that we've talked about before too. One of the reasons this movie made so much money is because Richard Pryor was in it, and he's on the poster. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's billed as like the two of them. Like they're both, both of their names appear before the title of the film, right? But they don't care about his story. And that is indicative of how Hollywood has treated black actors, you know, for so long. The, the thing that made me sad, like the, the last time I felt this duped is when I went to go see Dune, the poster of Dune, I see Zay Zay's face just as big as that white boy face. And again, I never read the books. So I'm like, oh shit, Zendaya about to be out here stabbing fucking space worms and shit. Spoiler, she ain't in that goddamn yeah. movie. But her face is just as big as that yeah. white boy face. You li- But you had they to know that wasn't gonna... Do- like, you had the- to... <laughs> no, I genuinely, genuinely, I knew it was about him, but I, I thought it was a team up. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, her face ain't gonna be as big as the nigga face. And watching this, and watching this movie is like, this might have yeah. started the trend of we got a famous ass black person. Let's use him to boost this white person up in this movie and sell a bunch of mo- Batman. Yeah, I mean it's it's stir crazy first. <clears throat> was stir crazy f- f- first of their collaborations? Because I'm thinking about like I mean I I I truly don't have enough of a sense of the comedies of the time, but I'm thinking about how how Beverly Hills Cop how Beverly Hills Cop a few le- years later, right? 80, mm-hmm. when it was Beverly Hills Cop, actually. I think 84? Four. It's, it sticks out because they, it, the, like, focus is on, <laughs> is, is really on, there is a buddy nature to Beverly Hills Cop, but the focus r- sincerely is on Eddie Murphy's character. And, like, thinking of even the other movies that Eddie did after that, like, 48 hours and then another 48 hours and um, trading places. Th- those movies, the, the, it, it's still sort of indicative of this, like, well, the black man's really there to sort of support the, the white guy, you know, like it's, we- I'm not sure if, if stir crazy started that trend, but it's, 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 I'm now interested in like, what are the ones Silver that break out of it? Silver streak was before silver streak. Yeah. I'm looking at the trailer right now and it definitely starts with, Everything's Gene Wilder, but how does Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor is definitely yeah. is also not the main character of that movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. There, are there? I mean, it's like are are of their four that they did, or five, or however many it is that they did. Like, is there one that I'm wondering? You know, like, is there one that even does focus on him? I wonder if here here, well, that focuses that where he's the main one. Probably not. Yeah, where he's the main character. I bet not even hear, see no evil, hear no evil. Mm-hmm. Man, where's, where's Richard Pryor's bio? Like, hold on, when is that? Yeah, I mean, this is what it was, right? This is the, and, and it's interesting because, you know, sometimes we do, we talk about these older movies and people are like, well, that was the time. And it was like, yeah, well, that's the point though. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Well, just to your point, it also doesn't stop. Like I'm thinking of like nothing to lose in 90, whenever that was. And nothing to lose is, a, is another buddy comedy. And it's like, but that movie's about Tim Robinson and, and Martin Lawrence. There's a point when Martin Lawrence's character essentially goes away, you know, like, yes, this is of 1980, but like the buddy, the buddy cop, 
with the white man at the center, you know, and the black guy is the buddy that like doesn't they're like still making those movies. <laughs> you know, they're still making movies just like this. And it, and, it, and, it, and it's tough because I'm even looking at it right now. And, and it's one of those things where like I, I have seen and, and I guess this is super racial, but I've seen movies about very average white men. Like, I mean, let's, I mean, let's call it what it is. The fact that I'm, I'm looking at all these articles about like the struggles they're having, having this Richard Pryor movie. And, I, and it's looking like some of the struggles are the fact that like he was in the Hollywood scene and it will address some Hollywood bigwigs. Like, you know, like it, it, the rumors about him and Marlon Brando, shit like that. And it's like, hey man, some of these elite, you know, Hollywood golden era people probably were trash behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I don't, your grandma is probably a horrible person. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what to say. And it's like, the fact that we don't have this movie yet bothers me. And the fact that, yeah, James, you're right. I just watched the trailer to the other movie that came after this. It's like, uh, what? you know what it is? It begs the question. It, be, it truly, it begs the question. It just shows how much harder how much harder it is, which is why I think I talked about it on the last podcast and I will talk about it to the end of the day. This white lady who probably will win an Oscar this week for best director coming out of her mouth questioning Venus and Serena Williams. And I'm like, you have no idea how hard it is for black people, black women in particular, to just get on, let alone be like, uh, great. That was insane. A chuckle. You have to go against the men like me. And like, you know there's more white women to win best directed than black dudes? You know there's more white women to be like CEOs of Fortune 500 companies than black dudes? I'm tired of people talking to us like we like out here doing the shit. White women doing better than us. God damn it. The levels ain't the same. The levels ain't the same. Where's Bill Burr? Shit. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about this movie. Y'all got me mad. This movie don't he ain't in the movie. What are we talking about? This nigga, the nigga ain't in the movie. To be clear, we didn't do anything. What? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pryor not in this movie. What I'm supposed to talk about when he like... I mean, he is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. When he's pulling when he's pulling Gene Wilder off the white dude, off the cop being like, hey man, don't do this. He going crazy. Or when he like... It's still early in the movie. It's still about... It, it takes... It's about 30 minutes into the movie. <laughs> Help me. But I can talk about this scene all day. When, when, <laughs> when Gene Wilder slaps the dude on the back of the head and then... <laughs> And then Richard Pryor just starts getting all scared. I I could have watched. I could have stayed in that scene if the movie would have been them in that holding pen for two straight hours and just them trying. If this movie was Get Hard, but starring them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, I was just, and I was just watching that. I was gonna see the scene where they where they both get into the jail cell, or they they when they first get to the prison, and then they. They both start to freak. Like one freaks out first, and they're like, "It's okay, he's all right, he's all right." <laughs> you know, the other one starts to freak out. <laughs> yeah, that yes. was that was very yes. fun. <laughs> because they're a team. Like they're a team. Like it's like, and that was probably the end. Like that was for me the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when it started to. That's when it started to just go like this, and then yeah. I mean, look the whatever we're jumping around that when this. <laughs> when this random woman just comes in, Joe Beth who's Williams, the cousin baby! of their lawyer, <laughs> and and then like, immediately what? he starts hitting on her. I was like, oh my god! Like 
the 80s couldn't help themselves. They were just like, and we gotta, he gotta have a girl that he likes. It's like, <laughs> why? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Also, she like, she, I was like, oh, good. She's like, no, I would, I would never date you. That would be unprofessional. Like, whatever it is that she says. I was like, oh, good. Are, are we gonna live in this world? And then the next scene, the next scene, he charms her by knowing a musical she liked. <laughs> He's like, do you way- like this? That's my favorite film. <laughs> Mine too. And then he goes, would you come to, I wrote a play. Would you come to the premiere of my play? And she's like, I would love to. And I'm just like, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I miss the part where he puts a spell on her? Was there an <laughs> incantation line that I, that got cut? Cause that doesn't make any sense. Only because he pretty much was putting spells on people. The whole movie was the only way I was like, I guess it's working on her too. Like, <laughs> I but then, but what made me mad was what made me mad was they, they, they like very cleanly justify it with the two people that are fighting at the bar because the guy has literally has him clamped in, in a wrench, like has his balls clamped in a, in a wrench. And so he, it's like him, thinking that everything is going to go his way. It's so, it's so. That's what, that's what it was the whole time. The whole time it's him thinking that he's charming people, but he's not, you know, you have the clamp balls, you got the, you know, whatever you have this other, the other time where he thinks he's charming the dude at the bar who like knocks out the punching bag. And it's like, he wasn't charming him either. Like he tries to charm the police, you know, the, the guards, they're not, you know, the the yeah, jail guards, they're not getting charmed. So he never really charms but anybody. But then it flips out, at that exact yeah. moment. If But it flips at that moment of of him riding the the bull. Like, that is literally the moment where it's like, I guess he's great at this. Yeah, then it becomes <laughs> and Superman. N- now he's good at everything. <laughs> now he's good at everything, yeah. L- there's literally a run of him doing messed up stuff. I mean, not messed up stuff. It's like, what is it? He... Yo, let me tell you this thing that bothers me. They're trying to punish him. They're trying to break him. They're trying to break him, and he can't be But broken. also, it's like, he can't be broken, but Richard Pryor is like, when they're out in the, and like, uh, Richard Pryor can't get water. Like, he's thirsty. Like, he can't get water. Yeah, and, and he also just disappears. Like, what? Like, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait, why wasn't he in Blazing Sack? <laughs> You know, it just sucks. And we'll tell you what sucks, because to me, Richard Pryor was, and I think, you know, we all do comedy, and like, I'm pretty sure we all have different favorites, but I think no matter whether you like Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, Kevin Hart, they all will trace, if you like um, Jeff Garland, they all will trace back to Richard Pryor. You know what I'm saying? You you look at like this dude's movies, and like, he wasn't the lead of any of these famous films. It was like, he was the sidekick. He was the sidekick in Superman. Yeah. I mean, tending them, honestly, he might have been the lead of Superman. Now that I'm thinking about it. He actually might have been the lead. He might have been the bad guy. Anyway. He's not a sidekick. He was he was doing everything out of his own. He had his own motivation. He was doing the stuff. Like he was doing the stuff that caused Superman all the problems. Yeah. I mean, and this also, this also, it's it's still not going away, right? Like Kevin Hart, I mean, he's Kevin Hart is only just now really being the lead of of his own movies right like he's he like stayed the sidekick for i don't know a decade and a half to, to, like he stayed, he stayed the sidekick for you know it's like it, 
He was a sidekick to Josh Gad. Josh Gad, yes. Wedding ringer. That was supposed to be his like coming out party in terms of like being a being a solo. He, he was the lead of Soul Plane. Marquee comedian. Don't do this. Bray, right. He was the lead of Soul Plane. That's true. You know what? Good, <laughs> yeah. good for and him. And Tom bro. Arnold was the sidekick. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> People, you can't see it at home, but Bray Lock is doing the pointer finger. Tom Arnold was the sidekick. It is frustrating. I don't know what else to say. And what's difficult too is that we have this this gay character who I thought like over the film we were going to really humanize. So I was like, okay, it's interesting because there is this homophobia in the black community, especially amongst black men. And I'm like, oh, okay, Richard Pryor is going to start this movie a certain kind of way. And then by the time we get to the end of it, he's going to have a different like, you know, uh, Literally, the thing that white people do to black people is like, oh, we're going to understand that, like, we're all the same, blah, blah, blah. And I thought we were getting there. Like, when they when they do whatever the escape plan is, which I truly do not they, understand. You know, the rodeo clowns, the rodeo clowns, you know, they mission impossible. What you don't bop, understand. Bop, 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 then they got out. You know what I'm saying? The rodeo clowns. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Bruh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I, the, fact, the, the fact that the cops, James make a line, watch them. I'm going to have someone watch you watch them. How do they sneak Because the rodeo yo, clowns, the roll bop, bop, under... Bop, 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 you know what I'm saying? Everybody was paying attention <laughs> to the rodeo. <laughs> the point when, like, Richard comes out with the goatee and the other character comes out dressed as a woman and they, like, it felt like, I was like, oh, Richard's looking at him and I'm like, oh, this is about to be a moment and then from the hero on out, it's like, you know, a kumbaya moment. But then when the character, which let me remember the name. Sorry, y'all. I don't want to be. You thought you were going to get that in 1980? (laughs) I wanted it to. I don't know. You're right. I don't know. I actually was like, oh, this was a lot, a lot. I I thought it was going to be so much worse than it was. I was like, oh, this is wasn't as bad as I thought. You're right. Yeah, it, it, I, same. I had the same feeling. It felt more tame than I thought they were going to go. Like movies in the 90s go even, go way harder than this did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, to, to your point, Jara, I was thinking that they were going to build something too. Remember that weird line that the one guy said in the, in the, when they were in the holding pin earlier? It was like, when it, you're going to be able to kiss the baby. And I kept, I kept hoping kiss the baby would come back. I thought, yeah, I thought something was about to happen. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? So, like, when I, so I thought, I was waiting for them to say, you kiss the baby. Like after he kisses Joe Beth Williams, like you kiss the baby. Or after the after George Stanford Brown's character kisses him, like even they could have been like, I guess we both kissed the baby. Like instead of like wiping his, <laughs> instead of like wanting to get whatever he could off of his lips, like there could have been a connected moment there. But, right. Yeah. It's... <sighs> I don't Braylock's right I didn't expect I shouldn't have expected anything I just thought they were building to it and then like it ended with like he kissed me and I was like oh god <laughs> and then that white lady comes and now she's a part of the crew I can't believe she got in the car I cannot believe she got in the car like that was insane right like that was crazy like that didn't make any like <laughs> I, I mean you well I mean by that time you knew it was going to happen because it was like that they were they forced it from the from scene one. They started forcing chemistry that wasn't really exactly. there. Exactly, but it was just like one of those things where you're like, all right. I also love that they were like, you're actually free, and I was like, how does that work exactly? Because even if they caught the bad guys, they don't have to go back now. There's like, no- there's no repercussion for breaking out of jail or helping up two other people who were actual convicts. You know, I feel like you're not actually free free now. <laughs> 
Well, let me tell you the worst part of that scene is that when they have that moment, it's not even a wide shot to see Richard Pryor's reaction in the car. Literally, he stops. We see Gene. We see the white lady. And then there's an angle where it's just Gene and the white lady. And then like she hops in the car. They even show her get in the car and we still don't see Richard Pryor. Yeah, and he could have been like, you promised me some boobs, blah, 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 blah. You know, like, he could have been doing yeah, a whole... Like, he could have he, he been doing a bit, and I'm like, you promised this dude so much, and the white dude learns nothing, and then the black person ends up still work. Richard Pryor ends up in a worse position, because at least when he started the movie, he was getting paid to work for them white folks. Now he's sure for these other two white folks for free. He also even said, let's not go see what's happening at the bank. <laughs> He even said, like, if, if Gene Wilder would have just listened to him. Yeah, he literally was like, that's, she was like, oh, that looks like trouble. Let's let's get out of here. And he's like, whoa, something. It might be something important. It's like, what is what's important? <laughs> what could possibly be? Important? I was so mad at him. Well, these are the Richard Pryor bits I liked. OK, I liked when he was like when they gave him the 125 years and he just keeps going off. <laughs> he just keeps going off with I'm going to be 167. Like, he's just, he's just, I'm like oh, how many how many is that concurrently? What is you know, like he's just like going through all of the, the different things. I like that. Also, 125 years for bank robbery. My God, <laughs> what? Well, they said they're going to get the worst. They're, they're going to get the worst sentence. You know, that's what this town does. They give you they give you the max. <laughs> How is that oh, the max? Because yeah, it's, it's, a, it's such a big deal. I also like that part when he was like, when he slaps away the guy's hand. For whatever reason, I can't remember why he slaps away his hand, but then he's like, why'd you kill your dad anyway? And he's like, because he didn't like whatever, and he slapped my hand, and then he grabs his hand back. He's like, he tries to caress it. Oh, man. There's a lot of fun, a lot of little fun stuff in this. There were some fun lines. Like, I loved, like, Gene Wilder in the beginning, where the guard, like, pushes him or something. He's like, you know, I, I, I've almost had about enough of you. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, anyway, after he after he told him to, uh, after he told Gene Wilder to go over and talk to those two guys, the second he gets up, he just starts muttering, "Don't go over there. Don't, don't go." <laughs> like he just told him to go over there, and then he's like, "Oh, don't, don't go over there. Why are you doing?" He's like, "I dare you to," and he was like, "Oh wait, no, don't actually go over there." You know. <laughs> freaking crazy person i freaking loved it i mean that's what this movie is uh, how they would just make the damn biopic like i'm like what oh my god like i feel like i keep hearing about all these dry ass biopics haven't they been trying to make this biopic for ever they have and honestly it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of pressure on it regard there was gonna there was gonna be a lot of pressure on it back when they were first trying to do it like yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on it. I think it says Kenya just bought the rights to it, so... Oh, work? As of 2020, he has the rights. <laughs> Damn, as of 2020? <laughs> as of okay, 2020. Okay, well, Bray got the, Bray got the goatee. Um, they, so. You know, some... Apparently, I think they did film some of the other one, but I guess they, like... Like, I remember, it was like Mike Epps. There was, there's footage of Mike Epps? I think we've actually already talked yes, about this. Yes, there's, there's footage... 
There's footage of Marlon Wayne's audition too, and it's really good. Yeah, his Marlon Wayne's audition was 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 dope. That looked really good. But they said, but they said Mike got the approval of Richard before he passed away. So that's why like Mike got it. Like like Richard was like, So like what the heck? Um, why didn't it happen? Bray, the director walked away. Lee Daniels walked away. All right. We just talk, we just we just waxing poetic about Richard Pryor's biopic. <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of pressure on that movie. Of course, it's but gonna be pre- yeah. just pressure on a lot of movies. <laughs> All made. the movies, like fucking Elvis, got a movie. Yeah, but I'm saying they can't they can't make a, a Richard Pryor biopic and have it be like like Harriet was. You know what I'm saying? It can't be yeah. that. We, but, we uh, but I'm saying there was a lot of pressure on the Harriet movie, and then they finally made it, and it was that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they can't make it like Harriet. Hey, hey, Hollywood, before you do it, just let black people control the story of Richard Pryor, please. Like, I know y'all be having a habit of, like, you know, having white people do it. And then that's how the black person gets the Oscar. But, like, we can do it. And and we and, and we got a lot of directors who could do it who know comedy and, like, elite stuff. So, so just let people do it. It'd be cool, too, if, like, never mind, let me stop before what I get in say? trouble. Uh, nothing. What uh, you about to I'm say? done. I'm done. Just, <laughs> just do the movie right. Just I want to see right. it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm just making sure that my that I voiced that. I want to see. It. Was there anything else y'all liked that Richard Pryor did in this? <laughs> Think of something else that I can. I mean, he was good. I was just like this. Nah, I can't man, think of any more bits. African ganja. He like he like almost just dis- completely disappears at the end of the movie. Then he's just like. He's doing the little bits and we see him like, you know, like do the little like crawl under and go to the bathroom and change. I thought we were going to get another bit with his like facial hair falling off. And we, we don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. There's like nothing else. Nope. There's like he doesn't get to do anything else. <laughs> What's on the cutting room floor? That's what I want to know. What was all that? Because you know he was in there. He, you know he was clowning. That is what I want to know. Probably all of Richard Pryor is on the cutting room floor because he ain't in this movie. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say. I feel like my bit is, I mean, what is we 12 years into doing this podcast now and, you know, talking about a bad movie at the end of a podcast about a movie that we pretty much didn't like. It's like, why bring up, why add insult to injury by talking about Hancock right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, like that would just make everybody upset. That would just, that would just put everybody in a worse mood. Or if I just started talking about steel, like, you know, like if when they were like building the, the, the stuff to help them get out of the jail, you know, and then like you, you whip pan over and steel is actually there helping to formulate the, the steel items, you know, in the okay. jails, yeah. you know, I mean, while they're doing sense. like if I started talking about that, it would be like, why are we even bringing this, uh, you know, and then that's and, probably one of the first times it made sense to be honest. And then like steel, like grabs, you know, and they're like, we can actually get out with, with this, my, my technology. And he just, he flies them out, you know, and then while they're flying out and soaring over, you know, Richard Pryor starts going on about like, I see, I told you, we didn't even have to be here in the first place. And actually, Steele is the reason that he's there is because remember earlier in the movie when he was like, call my cousin, but say that it's one of her cousins. But that's that's actually who All it right. is. This is <laughs> honestly, James, Steele, you say Steele that. Is that makes more to, sense. Steele is actually in the family. This finally you know? makes sense. But I'm Got not going to talk about you that right now, because that. if I talk about that right now, it's going to be annoying. And it's like, why? 
But yeah, it'll be a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause more leading black actors in Hollywood. So if we feel the film fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. And if we feel like it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Man. So, count of three. Hmm. What is our ratings for Stir Crazy? It made a hundred million dollars and was directed by him. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. One. Two. Ooh, do I know what I'm against? Three. This doesn't feel right. Like it doesn't this feels like too much. Yeah. It's two three white palms? Yeah, three white it, palms. That feels too like too much. That like, feels like, like too, too much. High? Like we're giving this movie too much. The movie that wow. gave that the first movie directed by a black man to make a hundred million dollars is too high to give it all white. Palms. Three, three white palms. Come on, no, it deserves it deserves at least three white. I thought, white it, was, palms. I thought it was. Least. I thought it was three. I thought it was too little. Yeah, I was like, not. We don't got no fists. Oh, I was like, this might be too much. Well, I'll tell you why I gave it a palm. This is why I gave it a palm. I gave it a palm because I gave Beverly Hills Cop a palm because I thought that it might have been one of the first movies that helped people be like, oh, when you make movies like this, it's a hit. But now I realize it's it's one of these it's one of these other movies. You know what I mean? It's it's one of like this actually <laughs> like I think I need to rescind the palm that I gave <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop because it's like but but because the pattern of that had already existed before that movie. We continue to make these movies where black people are the supporting lead to white people because of the success of movies like this. So that's it. Right. That's why I gave it a palm, even though I do think, because like, because Sydney did well, he got to direct more films and eventually direct a couple films with black leads. And obviously Richard Pryor, got to do more films and you know he's been a lead i do think that this set this trope that is continued you know almost to this day or at least well into the 2010s and you know we'll see about this decade so i mean that alone feels like it it hurt just as much as it helped so you know that's why i gave it a palm i gave it a palm for what bray just said i just the only reason I the only re, the only reason I gave it a palm is because Sidney Poitier directed it and got a million a hundred million. But then I don't. I'm looking at his biography. They didn't let him direct a bunch of shit after. This. It's like I, it's like I, not a lot. He directed Ghost Dad. <laughs> he also though at this point also right. It's like it's how many credits does Sidney Poitier have at this point? Also right. Like he needed all of them. He needed all of them, James. I got to watch. People talk about Meryl Streep to the end of the day. Sidney Poitier deserved every award known. They should have made up more awards for that nigga. He won one Oscar. Like, I don't even care what it was. Like, they should have made up more awards. You know? Gave him two honorary Oscars. Be like, you know what? We should have gave you these. Yeah, that's true. He made four. He only made three more movies after this. I guess he directed it. Oh, he directed a films. Black. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Three white palms. That's what we got. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) You know what it is.
You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. We got links to merchandise. We got links to a defunct Patreon. We have a year's worth of episodes on there, but no new episodes will come out. So if you give us $5 a month, you can listen to those episodes and unsubscribe whenever you want. Also, if you rate and review us on, we'll read your review on the air while I try to pull that up. You guys want to plug your socials? Yeah, you know, I'm at James Third Comedy, Third 3RD. God damn, I'm so sad. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was crazy. You can follow me at Gerard Milligan on Twitter and Instagram. All right, this is from, hello. It says, great. Hello, I'm very happy you guys interviewed the great actor Leon, and I always thought he had the best performance in the movie Ali. Even though he didn't have a lot of lines, he was always acting with nonverbal cues, and 90% of communication is nonverbal, so he was great. Also, I know the Nina Simone movie that came out was heavily criticized, but Mike Epps' role as playing Richard Pryor in the movie was incredible and really captured the essence of Richard. You can skip to the one... Oh, he played Richard Pryor in the Nina Simone movie? Interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. The one with Zoe Saldana? The timing of this review is... <laughs> you can skip to about the one hour mark and one minute to watch it, and his performance almost saves the movie. And also, I can't believe you guys haven't reviewed the movies Ray and Lilies of the Field, because Jimmy Fox and Sir Sidney Poitier were the only two other Best Actor winners you haven't reviewed. There's no way we haven't done Ray. Wait, really? Nah, I don't think we've done Ray. I don't think we've oh done Ray. Oh my God, there's no there's way. No way. Uh, I don't think we've done Ray. What have we been doing? Oh, these other movies. We got to <laughs> do Ray. Been do, we've been, you know what? We've been, been doing, doing too many new... Remember we, remember we did that movie with Jamie Foxx that came out in like January? I don't remember what the movie... <laughs> Stay oh, listen. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one he... The fake John Wick movie. Yeah, that movie was January of this year? Yeah, I remember that. No, not of this year. No, no, no. It was January. It was a minute ago. It was like... It was like Taken, his version of Taken. It's like 2017. Oh you remember it? It was literally like Taken. It was like him in Vegas or something, like fighting people out of right. nowhere. And it was uh, weird and stuff. The kitchen scene. They had a cool kitchen scene. Yeah. Kitchen fight sequence. Dude, I don't remember. I don't even remember All him right. fighting well, like that in that movie, man. I remember <laughs> okay. being like, Lord well, I don't have mercy. Know what we're talking about. <laughs> I don't even remember it. It was called Sleepless. Yes, that movie was 12 years ago. When did that movie come out? That movie came out. 2017. The world was open when that... Okay, all right, all right. It had a kitchen scene. It had a kitchen yeah. sequence. We've reviewed movies like that instead of Ray. Or... We need to review Ray. Do we? I don't want to watch Ray and then have and have a realization that it's trash or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't watch... I can't watch Ray. No, you're right. What yeah, if you're Ray's so right. not the lead of the you're movie? So right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo... If we watched Ray and didn't like it, that would be devastating. I don't have it in me. I don't have watching Ray and then being like, actually, his impression isn't that good or something like that. Like, oh, no, come on. No. I don't want (laughs) That would be devastating. All right. Follow me at John Braley. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production, produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 
To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Forever! Forever!